Hi guys. So um, the episode that you're about to hear was recorded on Sunday um, before we found out that sadly our guiding light, the log lady, Catherine E. Colson, has died at the age of 71. Um, she passed away on Monday the 28th. Yeah, um, I just found out the news today. It was really sad. I found out at work and I like gasped and my coworker asked what was wrong and she was just, it, she was such a big inspiration for us and our podcast. And I feel like she was the character that I could relate to the most. Um, like, as strange as her character was, she considered, like, Catherine considered the log lady to be the only normal pers- person on the show. Um, I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm so sad. I mean, I'm really glad that we got to we I didn't know of her before we started watching the show honestly and I'm really glad that I got to know her work um and know her you know I I got to like read up on her and stuff while she was still alive and I I read a lot about her interviews and everything in the most um in the most recent couple of months because she's been doing some press tours and she like went to the Twin Peaks festival and stuff and she was just such a good she was so good to her fans the Twin Peaks fans um, and I know she means a lot to them and she means a lot to us. And I was just really to find, really sad to find that out today. Yeah. And I know that she was excited to be a part of the new season. Um, her and David Lynch have been working together for like since the 70s. Um, she was like an assistant director on um, the film Eraserhead. And she like worked with him a lot throughout the years, not just on Twin Peaks. Um and, you know, the filming for the new season that's coming out in 2017, that was supposed to start this month. Um, and right now it's unclear if any of her scenes were even filmed. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Twin so Peaks sad. won't be I the same like, without her. Yeah, really. I feel like she was really kind of the heart of Twin Peaks in a lot of ways that David Lynch was as well. One of our listeners even pointed out at one point, like, she is the closest thing to being David Lynch's mouthpiece in the show, in the actual show. Like, um, yeah, so I don't know. It's very, very sad. Um, uh, I just want to quickly read David Lynch's statement from today. Um, so he said, Today I lost one of my dearest friends, Catherine Coulson. Catherine was solid gold. She was always there for her friends. She was filled with love for all people, for her family, for her work. She was a tireless worker. She had a great sense of humor. She loved to laugh and make people laugh. She was a spiritual person, a longtime TM meditator. She was the log lady. Welcome to Twin Peaks, population 5,120. I'm Alicia. And this is Jane. And we are the Log Ladies. Today, we have been trailing behind James, and we just saw him go into this bar called, what was it called? Wally's, Wally's Hideout. Wally's Hideout, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll give you some uh, some uh, live feedback about what's going on with him. <laughs> Yeah, we're basically just hanging on the parking lot waiting for a good time for us to go in. Um, and we're just trying to track him down. I want to know where he's going, what his plan is. Yeah, we need to make sure he's safe, too, because, you know, nobody's really been able to leave Twin Peaks on a exactly. good night So Exactly. So, I'm just a little worried. <laughs> um, today, we're going to be discussing Season 2, Episode 10, Masked Ball. 
It was written by Barry Pullman, um, who also wrote episode five of season two, um, which was the episode where Donna and Maddie and James go try to steal the diary from Harold's place. Oh. Um, yeah, and then he, he actually writes a couple more episodes this season, too. Um, and then it was directed by Dwayne Denham. Um, and he directed episode 1.2, season one, episode two, which is the first vision that we got of Bob. That's what that episode's oh. famous for. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting and he's like, they're, go ahead. They're bringing back that director who kind of did the second episode of the first season. Because to me, this episode felt like the second episode of a new season. Oh, like we're kind of I feel like the setup has been done because last episode we were kind of transitioning into these new characters and new storylines that we weren't really caring about yet. And Mm -hmm. this episode, I feel like they've kind of finished setting up, um, you know, like what we're supposed to root for a little bit more. It kind of felt like we're getting into a new season. Yeah. Ten episodes in. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? The season is so Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's episode 11. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, so the summary for this episode is, following the mysterious disappearance of Major Briggs, Cooper and Truman learn of a place called the White Lodge and the Black Lodge. Cooper refuses to offer a defense to Agent Hardy. Um, On the road, James stops in a small town and meets a young, wealthy heiress. Um, And all of Twin Peaks gathers for the wedding of Doug Milford to a young gold digger. Ooh. (laughs) I like that last storyline the most. I just thought yeah. it was fun. Um, and then our uh, log lady intro for this episode is, is life like a game of chess? Are our present moves important for future su- success? I think so. We paint our future with every present brushstroke. Painting colors, shapes, textures, composition, repetition of shapes, contrast. Let nature guide us. Nature is a great teacher. Who is the principal? Sometimes jokes are welcome, like the one about the kid who said, I enjoyed school. It was just the principle of the thing. Get it? I don't get it. <laughs> he said, I, I mean, enjoyed I get school. It. I oh, okay. Funny. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> is the log lady funny. trying to be funny? I think so. <sighs> she probably said it better than I did. I was, okay, I was just it. thinking I didn't want to say it. And I was probably oh thinking my God. the log lady said it. Sorry, oh Jane. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> but... Still, I don't think this log lady intro is as good as other ones. Really? Yeah, I agree. It just seems kind of surface and not really. Yeah, usually they're they're have more depth and insight, and this one just seemed like light and playful and. Light. Yeah, it was like playful. They usually mm-hmm. kind of guide us into our episode discussion, but this one I don't really know. I mean, it talks about chess, like that's obviously important in this episode, but only in the last couple minutes. Yeah. Um, and then like. Art, painting, color, shapes, textures, composition. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what all that has to do with the episode. Me neither. Um, maybe we'll figure it out as we go. Maybe. Like we always do. What about the name, the title of the episode? What did you the think? Again? Masked Ball? Yeah, because that, I mean, the closest thing to that is the wedding, right? Yeah. But... And also, like, um, Denise Bryson, I guess. Like masked. Or it makes me think, like when I hear mask ball, I think like everything is not what it seems. Right. Type of thing. Yeah. But, 
Maybe we can um, keep it in mind as we talk about this episode. Yeah, and maybe something will come to us because there were so many, there are so many little storylines. Yeah. Like we're right so back many. to where, like season one, where it was just like tree branches of too many storylines. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so first, let's, let's start off with James. I mean, since we're spying on him. Since we're watching him through the window right <laughs> currently. Since we're watching him right now. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the episode starts off with, like, a little, like, montage motorcycle ride with him. That was... Oh, I forgot that was the intro and his yeah. song. That Has was that different. song played before? Um, I don't remember. He gets such a, like, I don't know, badass 50s song this episode. I know. It just, it made me think that he seems like such a badass and such a yeah. mysterious person on the outside, but I kept thinking the whole time, I'm like... James, but you don't really have that much depth to you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But then after I thought that later on in the episode, just because he, he, you know, he's on the road and he goes to this bar and he meets this um, older wealthy woman whose car broke down or she kind of crashed it, I guess. And so he's going to help her fix it. And he kind of like says some like deep things. And then I was like, oh, well, I don't know. Kind of took back what I thought. Yeah. Like what? Like what? Well, I mean, he just starts talking about, she's like, you know, like, where are you, like, riding from? Or, like, you know, just talking to him about how he feels about, like, his motorcycle and stuff. Yeah. You know, he's like, well, it's not really about, like, like the the motorcycle or my destination. It's, like, about the feeling and, like, of where, I don't know. It just kind of gets into it a little bit. It still sounds to me like an empty shell of a person being, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, it still I didn't feel seem like real sounded, to me. I feel like he sounded like the way he said it and what he said, he sounded so much more mysterious than he actually is. Right. I hear you. Yeah. Um, so he encounters this like vixen lady, older lady that um, it seems like she's hitting on him. Mm-hmm. Sort of. She like invites him back to her place and she's like, can you fix my car? My husband's going to be home and he's going to be furious. And so he decides to go back there and fix her car for her. Um, First, he's like, mind if I play the box first? Yeah. And her response is, I don't exactly punch a clock myself. Like hated this. Di- I don't know. I didn't like. I didn't dialogue. like her dialogue. Like her intro to like kind of picking up on him or flirting with him. It felt really like cheesy. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I um, yeah, and so then we get like a story, the storyline basically. Of he she invites him to stay overnight in order to fix her car, and he agrees. And that's pretty much it. But I didn't, I just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, it's I only cool. cared because the car was blue. Her husband's car was blue. Oh, Ooh. and then he was kind of wearing. James was kind of wearing a dark blue sweater, and so I was like, okay, I guess something important's gonna happen with them or the husband <laughs> or uh, who knows, but. That's funny. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so mainly the main storyline in this episode is the Milford wedding. Or it's not the main storyline. More so it's like the through line, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and With so. connecting all the little stories. Yeah, yeah. Milford, the, um, I don't know if it's the actual mayor of Twin Peaks or his brother. His brother's the mayor. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. So the mayor's brother, Milford, is getting married once again. Like, the whole town is kind of annoyed by it. And every year or every couple of years, he marries a young gold digger 
who basically just wants him for his money. Um, and so we see like pieces of the town come out for the wedding. Um, mainly the most important of which is the log lady. <laughs> yes. Yay. Um, she does she say like I love oh she says I love Milford weddings. You yeah. see her eating some cake at the wedding. And then she says like that she loves the cake. Like she's just having a ball. Yeah, she's just having a good time. It's, it's she deserves she it. Own mask she did ball. Yeah. <laughs> she deserved it. She did like a lot of good service to the town. She basically solved the mystery for them, I feel yeah. like. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um so we it's kind of interesting because we were actually just talking about this right before we recorded which is like against the rules but (laughs) (laughs) um we were we were talking about how last episode was a funeral and it felt really like a like happy reunion of a bunch of people all coming together um and we saw a lot of characters that we didn't get to see in a long time and this episode is a wedding which is like normally an actual happy occurrence where it is kind of like a reunion um, you typically get to see like old friends and stuff at a wedding. Um, but instead it seems like most of our well-known Twin Peaks characters aren't at this wedding. And if they are, they like don't really care about the wedding at all. I mean, it makes sense because if it, this wedding kind of happens every year, then they just kind of brush it off, you know? Totally, totally. I just think it's like a funny yeah. switcheroo. Very David Lynch. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we do see Audrey dance with Cooper. Yeah, this is that was that was a nice moment. I mean, it felt very yeah, innocent, very sweet. and but it was nice. Totally, to see her. that's all we got from her this episode. I know, but it felt like a little bit of closure, maybe. Yeah, like they, you know, anything's on a good note, and they're gonna be friends, and it's nothing yeah, weird exactly. or awkward or you know. exactly. Yeah, fine, fine. <laughs> um, so next, I want to talk about my favorite storyline. Okay. Nadine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm s i am was so happy when it went to the scene, like the next scene, and it showed like the school bell ringing. And uh-huh. I knew we were gonna be at the high school. I don't know why I got so happy. <laughs> Maybe I just ha- I just like I mean, I just I kind of love those stupid high school movies. And like then Greece. Like Grease yeah. and Mean Girls and, you know, oh, yeah, so many. Like, I love those. Um, and I just feel like this might be kind of, I don't know, Nadine's storyline kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah, Nadine's storyline really reminds me of Grease. Yeah? A lot. Well, yeah, just like oh, yeah. the style and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very sweet. I mean, I, I said it like a thousand times last week. She's very charming. Like, she's just charming. I like her. Yeah, I mean, um, I so want to follow her around. Kind of- innocent and yeah yeah she's super sweet um we find out that she has a crush on mike (laughs) and she she She, like goes to donna and is like gossiping with her and you know like asks if they're still dating and it's really cute but also sad because like donna like donna knows what's going on and she's like well wait aren't you seeing ed and yeah well eddie just wants to stay at home and he's boring and you know, he acts know. like he's old enough to be my father. I know. <laughs> and then she, like, goes where Mike is in the gym working out. And then, you know, she uses her super strength to, like, lift 600 pounds. Yeah. And then the wrestling coach sees and then asks her to join the wrestling team. That was, like, my favorite part. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is incredible. But I, I really hope that that storyline continues of her being on the wrestling team. It has to. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it was very sweet. I'm curious. I'm still, like I said, like we've been saying, I think for 10 episodes now, we, we just want to see where this is going and hopefully it's going somewhere. If this doesn't go somewhere, if this is just a storyline, like for fun, like kind of like the Lucy and Andy and Dick one. Yeah. I'm going to be so frustrated, but I like this one better than that one. So I know I'm okay with it. I agree. But like, I just want an explanation for her super strength and stuff. Oh yeah. That too. Because yeah. that didn't happen her, until after her overdose, The right? memory loss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, okay. we think, because remember we were talking about where she was working oh. out. Remember well, that one time she was working out and she bent. Yeah. Or the, she bent the workout thing. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So maybe when, she uh, always Ed has had it. Stuffed on the drapes. Yeah. Hmm. I forgot so about that. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Another, like, little storyline that happened in this episode um, that was kind of separate from everything else was the, like, you just mentioned it, the Andy, Dick, Lucy storyline. Dick is trying to show how selfless he is. He brings over his, was it his nephew? I don't know. He called him Uncle Dick, but then he also called Andy Uncle Andy. So I don't know. Okay. Like, that's what he called all adults. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was just some kid he pulled off the street. Probably. Um, he like brings him over and he's like basically trying to show off for Lucy, but Lucy's gone. Um, and he, when he finds out Lucy's gone, he like prompt made all these promises to this kid. When he find out that Lucy's gone, he's just like, oh, well, like, you know, no ice cream or whatever for you. And then Dick decides, sorry, Andy decides to be sweet and the three of them basically go out to get ice cream and stuff. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, And then the little kid like plays pranks on them. Yeah. I don't know. That part was annoying. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're trying to be funny, but they didn't laugh that hard. He like blows up cream in Dick's face and then like spins Andy's chair so he falls. And he's like, oops, I didn't mean to. Just being like a little brat. It was really weird. Yeah. It didn't need it. It doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. It's too much. I don't care about Dick. I really don't. I just like. I thought it was like a fun little comic relief to be like, oh, Dick brought this kid to kind of like try and seem sweet. And then as soon as he realizes that no one's around to watch him, he's like, okay, screw you. I don't care. Yeah. But then to actually go on like another 10 minute scene of them. Like that's true. Like we got the going point. on to he get could, they could have ended yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's really it. Like Lucy doesn't even get to see. She doesn't even get to see Andy being good or Dick being selfish or anything. Yeah. So, so it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Almost. Um, another scene is we get kind of a, an update where like Ben and Hank are at. So, well, Hank just came back with Ernie um, from One-Eyed Jacks and they pretended they went on a hunting trip. And then... Hank goes to Ben and basically tells him like, "Hey, like, like we're taking like it's a friendly takeover of One Eye Jacks and you're out." And yeah, yeah, just and John, Ben John. is in. Wait, Ben is what? I was gonna say Ben is in bad shape. Yeah, well, he did really a bad, bad shape. Week. He said so himself. <laughs> <laughs> he was arrested. His uh, Catherine like took over his like tricked him and took over his business. Uh, like the mill and Ghostwood and then his friend and like partner was like convicted of Laura's murder and then 
died and then died it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. a lot like he's like he's still he looks like a mess too yeah and he's just like watching old old home movies and yeah like, have we yeah. talked about how we like never see mrs horn audrey's mom or ben's wife no have we ever met her is she around i f- i feel like we saw them one time when they were at dinner with her brother but even her brother too oh, like yeah, we never brother. see him either Oh, yeah, there was that one dinner where the brother was yeah, wearing, I, like, the Indian uh, the headdress. headdress. Yeah. I really thought the brother was going to be a main character. Because hmm. that was, like, episode one or two. Yeah. That's interesting. And he just disappeared. Um, But, yeah, he, he's, like, going completely insane. Because Hank tells him, he's like, You're out, Ben. You're out of the, <laughs> you're out of the whole scene. And then... He like kind of blows up on him, tells him he had a bad bad week, and then when Hank leaves, he's just like talking to himself, and he's like, "You're out, Ben." <laughs> you're out, Ben. You're out. He reminded me of Jim Carrey in this episode. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, you're out. Like he's mocking Hank. Yes, and just yeah. Making weird things when, and being weird. It reminded me of um, in Liar Liar when Jim Carrey is like, <laughs> the pen is black or blue, yeah. whatever it is. And he like writes it all over. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Um, Yeah. What were you going to say about Jean? Oh, no, just that like Jean and Hank are working together. Like Hank even said, I'm working for, like he's working for Jean now and he's not working for Ben anymore. Yeah, yeah. And Hank or Ernie is involved. However, I, I don't know what. Like they gave him a bunch of drugs, basically, and they just want him to unload that and make money for them. Mm-hmm. Um. And Ernie's wife Evelyn went back to Seattle. That's... So now it's just like Ernie's like this random new character that has no ties to Twin Peaks anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, now it feels so... like he's kind of stuck in Twin Peaks to finish out his role with uh. Like, the deal with John and the drugs and stuff. He's, like, yeah. the finance man or whatever. I don't know exactly. Yeah. But, so he has to stay to finish that. Um, right. But, yeah, it does seem kind of random because now his, is it his wife? Norma's yeah. mom? Like, went back to yeah. went back home. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's know. weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, don't really care about him either. No, not really. <laughs> can you? Can, I feel like the listeners can tell that we're just kind of like, man, we're like, let's happens. get these. Little, let's get through these little storylines so we can get to the good stuff. <laughs> exactly. Um, what well, happened if we only about my... talked about like the one thing that we liked in the episode? We could do that. We can experiment with it. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I think we we did. We ate our vegetables. It's time to yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We did it. Okay. Um, I want to talk about my favorite thing this episode. Okay. I was so excited because David Duchovny's in this episode. Oh. And I love X-Files. And I think I obviously have made the connections of like X-Files and Twin Peaks being so similar. Um, and it was so exciting to see David Duchovny on this episode and be such a cool character. I like loved him so much. He was Denise Bryson. Yeah, that was a really um, good character. Yes, I love that character. Um, so ba- basically, he. What, do you remember what his name 
was an initial Dennis. Was it Dennis it was Bryson Dennis for Dennis Bryson. Okay, same for last yeah. name and everything. So right, it's like Cooper's old colleague that they call in. Um, he's from the DEA and he's investigating like the drug angle of Cooper's allegations, the allegation against Cooper. Um, and so he's like, "Oh great, my old friend Dennis is going to come in," and then. It ends up being David Duchovny and he is, um, I don't want to like assign my own, I don't know. I was going to say he's transitioning. I don't think he's transitioning. He's I just in he's, drag basically. Yeah. Just, yeah. Cause he explains his back, his story, like uh, why he's dressed as a woman. And he says it started with him being undercover and then he felt so just like free when he was wearing women's clothing and so comfortable. And so then he, yeah. So I think it's just, so cool. Mm-hmm. I just, I really, I don't know. I just really liked it. It was like a, just an interesting yeah. character. And I like the way that everyone reacted to him. Like, I like that Hawk at first was like, like, didn't know how to react. And then, I don't know. Everyone just like totally accepted it. Yeah. And it was really normal and really cool. And it gives so much, like, it makes this character seem kind of wise. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, when him and Cooper were, ha- or her and Cooper were having a conversation at the wedding... Um, something about it just felt like he, like Cooper was like really listening to Denise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And you know, Denise is investigating basically Cooper and the drug angle and even right. tells him like, I found traces of cocaine in your car, but we already knew that from the last episode that was a setup. And, but you know, like he's still, I don't know. Yeah. He does have this sense of like this wiser, like he's not just like closed-minded and he even says a couple times like i've learned not to judge things too quickly because of my recent situation and he just kind of has i don't know just a better sense about everything that's going on and he knows like what things seem like aren't necessarily what they are and that's why he's like with cooper's case too yeah Mm -hmm. i get what you mean yeah i think that's a perfect like quote of what of what i was trying to explain yeah he's just kind of like not making not letting like not judging a book by its cover, basically, I guess. Not letting first impressions tell him how to guide the case. Um, and so we can talk about a little bit, like, they talked to Major Briggs in the beginning of this episode, too. His wife. So we get a little bit of, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. They talked to his wife about him. Yeah, because at the end we of the last little... episode, he, like, disappeared. Right. Whatever the hell happened to him. <laughs> Um, the only piece of that conversation that I really took in that, you know, was new information was that she was interested in the fact that he disappeared in the woods. Mm-hmm. And she said, she says, that's significant. Um, and they said he, he talked about the woods constantly. I don't know what that means, but it means something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seemed, they just were kind of talking in code almost like. It seemed like she knew, and then obviously Cooper knows something, but they weren't really sure what each other knew. It was like a weird little conversation. Yeah, it was interesting. Well, and I think a lot of stuff is classified, so it was like we can't really talk about a lot of the information that we have on where he may be. I felt like it was more for us than for each other. (laughs) Classified. That's interesting. I don't know. Huh. That was weird. Um... Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm interested in this storyline. I'm excited to see what happens with him. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because they like talked about there being kind of a alien, supernatural, like otherworldly aspect mm-hmm. to it. 
And then, I mean, after um, she leaves, that's when Cooper. That's when Cooper tells Hawk and Harry that he's like he didn't just like disappear. There was like a light. It was a strong force. And then he talked talked to me about the White Lodge. Just the last thing he said before he disappeared. Um, and then, I mean, Hawk knew exactly what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, I have that quote. Um, Read it. Yeah, he says, have any of you fellows ever heard of a place called the White Lodge? And Hawk says, where'd you hear of it? Well, it was the last thing Major Briggs said to me before he disappeared. Cooper, you may be fearless in this world, but there are other worlds. Tell me more. My people believe that the White Lodge is a place where the spirits that rule man and nature here reside. Local legend goes way back. There is also a legend of a place called the Black Lodge, the shadow self of the White Lodge. The legend says that every spirit must pass through there on the way to perfection. There you will meet your own shadow self. My people call it the dweller on the threshold. The dweller on the threshold. But it is said if you confront the Black Lodge with imperfect courage, it will utterly annihilate your soul. That's crazy. This whole idea, this whole thing kind of gives a little bit more reason to Twin Peaks, the Twin Peaks worlds. Because it's like, it even, he even says, like, there are other worlds. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what this means. It's a whole new mystery. I'm just excited. Yeah. Um, the other, like, interesting thing I thought was when um, Cooper was talking to the FBI agent that's investigating him. Yeah. He, he kind of, like, rises above it all. The sound wind makes through the pines. The sentience of animals. What we fear in the dark and what lies beyond the darkness. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I feel like what Cooper said there was something that the log leader would say. I know. That's exactly what it sounded like. Yeah, he said, I'm talking about seeing beyond fear, Roger. About looking at the world with love. They're liable to extradite you for murder and drug trafficking. These are things I cannot control. <laughs> it's like, whatever. What happens, happens. Yeah. I love, I really like that exchange. He's so nonchalant about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Did you see the <laughs> Apple computer? Did you see the what? Apple computer laptop? That, that no, I didn't even notice it in Apple. I, was it enormous? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like 1990, you know? Or, it was <laughs> yeah. like this huge weird clunky old like laptop <laughs> it was mm. i don't i don't do we see too much technology in this show well i mean not re- not really right not even no not really so i i don't know it's like i felt like i i almost felt like so at the time 1990 1991 like you know this fbi comes to investigate another fbi agent and i felt like at the time it was probably like a really high tech thing and so they seem like yeah. super official and like intimidating. And at the time, that's yeah. probably what it seemed like. But like looking <laughs> back now, it just it seems funny. It just seems really funny because it's so outdated. Especially a laptop, like 1990. Yeah, a laptop. They, that's when like personal emails became popular. Yeah. So people didn't even have like 
you know, like a, it was like all desktop computers and they were all like an enormous. I almost feel like um, if like this episode was made in the current day, that's something that like would have been done on purpose to have them have a, like a super old laptop like that, that just like looked like it's kind of, it has humor to it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. That's funny. It's funny. It's funny now yeah. to me. But at the time it wouldn't have been, it would have been like, oh, like high tech or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I feel like it worked like more but 25 years later. <laughs> but. What do you think? That's an interesting topic, though. Like, what do you think? What do you think David Lynch is going to do with the new season? Because it seems like he strays away from technology in general. Yeah. Well, they're in like a small town and stuff. Oh, yeah. And now yeah. that technology is a huge part of today. Is he going to incorporate that? I don't think he will. I don't think he will either. I think it's still going to mm-hmm. be like rotary phones and you know what i mean like i think oh, yeah. everything is still like, going to be a little older than all these characters just on their iphones the whole time right like, oh <laughs> let me put that in my calendar and blah 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 and like, I don't know. right That'd like so audrey weird. would for sure have an iphone oh that would be weird yeah it'll be weird to see them in like yeah like it almost feels like Presence. the future you know <laughs> well i think because this show feels older than the 90s also yeah that's true it feels like the 50s, Sometimes, maybe the 60s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Especially the diner, you know, like yeah. just the small town cop kind of vibe. The school even, everyone's kind of dressed kind of 50s. Audrey dresses really 50s. Mm-hmm. Definitely not 90s. Like no one's wearing baggy pants and like shirts with name tags on them. <laughs> and like, I don't know. Like it's not very 90s yeah, at all, actually. It, it feels older. Um, yeah. So maybe they'll be in the 70s. Because it's 20 years later. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to, to see what the kind of tone is. Excited. Yay. Yeah. I guess the only other thing I really wanted to say about this was um, the little update that we get on Wyndham Earl. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cooper gets another message from Wyndham, his old partner. And it's another chess move. And then he has a long... Oh, he gives him a tape. That's what it is. And the tape says... Of course, you couldn't help but take note of my emphatically traditional opening. I must say, your responding move was nothing if not reflective of your predilection for the tidy and fastidious. See how my response to you begins to lead us towards a classical confrontation. But there's doubt in your mind. What are my true intentions? How will you answer this time? Hobgoblin's Dale. Consistency, predictability, giving rise to patterns. We've both know only too well how these patterns leave you vulnerable to attack. You with your wounds, I with mine. Let me paint you a picture. My knights will skirmish. Lanes of power and influence will open to my bishops and rooks. Pawns will naturally be forfeit. I'm even prepared to sacrifice my queen because I assure you, dear Dale, my goal will be attained at any cost. The king must die. Do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about chess, and I think it sounds like Cooper returned his original message with a chess move. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Well, in chess, you, like, protect... I thought you protected the queen. I mean, it... But I guess you protect the, the king. king. Like, when you... The game's over when... The king yeah. said... Oh, yeah, you're right. The queen can can do pretty much yeah, anything. But the, the king can yeah, do, queen, like, nothing. The, like, can do anything she wants. Right. Yeah. So, but I think he's talking about Cooper. Maybe Cooper's the king. Like, I feel like it's a threat. You think it's a threat? Yeah, I feel like it's a threat yeah. on Cooper's life. Hmm. What do you think? And even just the way that Cooper took it in, he seemed scared. He seemed nervous. Yeah. I don't know, isn't, isn't he in a mental hospital currently? He's missing. Oh. He was. That's right. When when yeah. was he do you remember when he became missing? No. I think the first time that David Lynch is on the show. So not his voice, but his presence. When, when Gordon think, actually comes on the show. And that was yeah. after that was after Cooper was shot. Yeah. So Ooh. do you think there's a possibility that his ex-partner could have been the one that attacked him? It's possible. But remember the furs, the fibers? Oh, yeah, but the furs. We thought it was Leland. But even if it was Leland now, why would they? I mean, Leland's storyline is kind of done, you know? Yeah, you're it right. Be... I mean, Leland. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. And I feel like if it was Leland, it would be kind of a thing where it'd be like, Oh, by the way, we found out Leland was the one that shot you, but he's he's dead, and you know it's like, well, th- like, does it matter? I don't I don't know. You're right. I feel like that wouldn't be satisfying. It's almost weird they're not bringing it up I at know. all. Like they're not like that's even wondering. Focus. Yeah, because that's a huge crime to shoot a government, like. FBI. Yeah. I wish that that aspect yeah. of it was more entangled in everything else that they're doing with the storylines. And I me do. too. I wish it had more to do with like the overall picture or something. I think you just start to lose stakes when you start going in a lot of different directions, and everything is kind of a threat, and everything is a mystery. It's like, what do I care about? I don't know. I need some direction. Yeah, like, I felt like yeah. there wasn't really anything. Like we weren't sure what to care about last episode. And I feel like now they've kind of set up a lot of different, a lot of different new little mysteries that right now they don't right. feel like any of them connect. Cause even before we started recording tonight, we we're kind of like, what order should we go in? Like what leads to what? And we're like, everything is so disconnected, you know? But I feel like it, it, a lot of it right. will all connect. I think and so now too. Kind of I hope so. Set up. So that's why it feels like the be- a beginning yeah. again to me. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think overall I really like this episode, yeah. honestly. It felt like it was more like connecting dots rather than... I mean, you're right. I feel like it's more connecting stuff than like leading us in different mm-hmm. directions. Like you're starting to like bring it... Center, center it. A like a little more. You feel that kind of like... Yeah. Yeah, because we felt this the last few episodes like this shifts and these transitions and this changing. It's like, where are we going? And I feel like they're starting to get a little more direction with all the new characters and all the new storylines. It's starting to form a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah I thought, thought this episode totally. was a lot better. I like this episode. Yeah, me too. Um, Is there anything else? Oh, I guess there's the what? Yeah, so then Go the ahead. last thing that happens in this episode, which also made it really good because it added like a new huge mystery, was um, with Josie. 
Um, so yeah. Josie's like with Harry and she kind of tells him her story about Hong Kong and Mr. Eckhart and how he raised her and how she thinks he was the one that killed her husband, Andrew Packard. And she thinks that like he's going to come after her and kill her and Harry and like they're in danger. And then she talks to Catherine. Yeah. And Catherine like, and she like wants Catherine to, uh, she wants Catherine to help her. Or she wants to help Catherine. I'm not sure like which one it really is. I'm not sure why she's she talking to Catherine. She doesn't explain. That's what confused me too. It's like, what do you need yeah, from her? Why is she going back to her? Is she kind of just is constantly acting like this damsel in distress. I feel like. It's so yeah, annoying. to Harry. And then to Catherine. And then Catherine's like, yeah. you know, to earn my trust back, you have to be my maid and do whatever I say. And <laughs> it's like, this is going to be if, weird. Like, that's. I, yeah, it's weird. And then it's also like, well, why would she even agree yeah. to that? Like, she, it's not like she has to I'm be really there. I'm really not sure what, why she went to Catherine, honestly. Me neither. I honestly didn't know. I when I agree with you. I was like, maybe I missed something. But I honestly just think, like, it doesn't make sense. Maybe they're, um, they're like, we don't know the reason yet. And we'll find out. Yeah, because I feel like Josie maybe. acts like this damsel in distress to everyone all the time. But then she always has all these, like, different secret plans. I feel like she killed her husband or like set it up and now she's acting like it was a different person and I feel like she planned everything else too and like I feel like she's the mastermind behind whatever happened in Hong Kong too. I don't yeah I I don't believe her Um, you know even with Mr. Lee trying to take her back home to Mr. Eckhart because Mr. Eckhart thinks that he owns her it's like she's his property you know like and she obviously like got away or something I just I don't know. I just don't trust her. I've never trusted her. But the big reveal is that after she like agrees to be Catherine Maids and then goes to her servants' quarters, (laughs) um, she like leaves the room (laughs) and then Andrew, her dead husband, like walks in the room. And this is Catherine's brother. Yeah. By the way, I didn't remember that. Um, and then they reveal their secret plan. That like now that they have Josie. That Mr. Eckhart is going to come and find her and then they'll be able to like get revenge on him and just (laughs) yeah so it's like maybe I don't know I don't even I don't this was the most like soap opera moment the show has ever had this character that's been dead the whole series is like I was never dead (laughs) And, like, where was he? In the hallway? Like, he was just in, like, yeah. hiding out in the secret passageways of the I, house. Like, I feel like this is the very last minute thing that they thought of. <laughs> They're like, we don't have <laughs> anything else. Let's just, like, wait, who, who's dead? Who's dead? Who can we bring back to life? <laughs> We're all powerful. <laughs> Let's just bring back Andrew. Laura, not Maddie, not oh too soon. Oh, what about that one guy? Remember, it's, like, the brother's wife or the blah, blah, blah. And, oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but even still, even... Even though that is really cheesy and kind of stupid, I like kind of loved it. I was like, yeah. "Ooh, this will be a fun mystery." Too. I was like in it. I was yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, me too." I didn't expect that. <laughs> dun dun dun. Me neither. And I'm like, yeah, I was I was in it for the dun dun dun. <laughs> and I was like, kind of, I'm kind of down to see Josie be screwed over, like yeah, screwed over. Me too. Screwed so, yeah, it's- I'm kind of liking Catherine more and more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. 
good response. We'll see what happens <laughs> with her. What do you rate this episode? Um, I'd say maybe a seven point five seven point five seven point eight um what do you rate yours what do you rate it no that's good that's good i i I say like seven yeah it was it was good i agree with you yeah it was a good episode Mm -hmm. um so this week we have some listener email um we had one of our listeners christian respond um because we just talked about the color blue and what it means for the show and one of our listeners responded and kind of gave us some background and some additional concrete information on it yeah it was it's really interesting i'm always like i want to look up more stuff about like the blue color blue and what it means or like why it's so absent um but i'm always afraid of like running into spoilers, which is which has almost happened a bunch of times on the internet. Yeah. So it was actually kind of nice that he just sent us this detailed email about the color blue and one of the director's experiences with learning that David Lynch doesn't want the color blue on, on like on the series. Right. And um, our listener Christian, he pointed out a few. Um, like prominent blue things that are throughout the series. Um, A couple we noticed um, and a couple we didn't. So the first one is Shelly and Norma's uniforms in the double R. They're like aqua blue uniform, Uh which we talked about. Um, And we talked about major, the major's uniform. Yeah. We just talked about that last episode. Mm -hmm. And the color is called Air Force blue, which I love. It's like specific to his. Yeah profession like, yeah i wonder so if shelly and norma's are aqua blue is it because the double r is by the water i don't know i don't mm-hmm. know if they're all specific okay um yeah so that's the second one which we yeah we just noticed for the first time last episode but of course he's been wearing it the whole season right um and then the next one is bob he wears an indigo blue denim jacket mm-hmm. um and then the last then, one, which I feel like is the most interesting one, is Cooper, and he wears deep cobalt blue pajamas. Um, and our listener was saying that it sounds like it's almost like they're all uniforms, um, because Shelly and Norma are obviously uniforms. The Majors is a uniform. Bob, mm-hmm. um, I guess it's a uniform. Killing is his job, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then Dale, he sleeps, and that's, like, when his most interesting, like, developments on the case come to him. Yeah. Yeah. His dreams. And his dreams. And then he brings up the fact that, like, you know, what does that mean for Laura if her only appearance in the show is in all blue? Like, her skin is all blue. Yeah. Because we talked about that as, like, another blue thing that we noticed is how blue she was when she's found dead. Mm -hmm. So, like, that was her purpose to be dead you know yeah like yeah blue seems to be oh he's saying like blue seems to be um i don't know like kind of associated with people's like purposes or what he said like of their specific profession and it's not necessarily a traditional profession you know? right right but like of their like purpose or their like yeah, their profession their role yeah it's like, interesting with the show mm-hmm. yeah i love this stuff i didn't cause... i Go ahead. I couldn't think of a connection before. And me neither. Yeah, me neither. Sense. Yeah. I feel like it'll be fun to keep in mind. And now you were talking about James this episode and having, he was wearing that blue sweater. 
and working in a blue car and it's like maybe mm-hmm. that maybe this whole encounter with this woman is much more than we think it is it's maybe it's yeah. an actual calling mm-hmm. or something we'll see yeah yeah it's interesting this is a good one yeah um so i think that's everything we got yeah, that's everything we got um so that's been our show thank you so much for listening um you can follow us on twitter at log ladies pod and you can send us an email at log ladies podcast at gmail.com if you if you know something that we don't know i mean enlighten us i'm sure that there's so many things that you know that we don't know just tell us just show off you know it shows how smart you are okay bye guys thanks for listening bye